From Boise to Middleton, the 5A and 4A Southern Idaho Conferences feature 20 of the largest schools in Idaho. Highlighting the big plays and big stories from Idaho's biggest schools, this is the SIC PrepCast with Wayne DeZubak. That's right, another edition of the SIC PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking down all that 5A, 4A Boise Metro content that you want each and every week. Uh, Brandon Bainey is always joined by Wayne DeZubak. Wayne, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm trying to recoup here. You know, uh, not very many sleep hours. You know, you remember what Betty White used to say that if you if you need your beauty sleep, you need to get eight hours a day. If you're ugly, you need nine. I need about 10 or 12 hours of sleep right now. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let's just uh, take a snapshot of your schedule the last couple of days. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, of course, you were broadcasting the 5A girls state basketball tournament for IdahoSports.com. You got one day off. You got Sunday. You know, rest rest on the Sabbath, and then you uh, you jumped right back into it Monday night with a couple of boys district games. And now here today, you, no break even because you got to hop back on the podcast. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Back to our yeah. normal schedule after a week off for our state preview last week. Yeah, it's amazing, you know, and everybody did it. You did too. I mean, it's not just me. Everybody was there. And I got to hand it to everybody with IdahoSports.com because I, I think after game hours is what I call is what the real killer is because people don't realize that you go home after the four games are played and you've done them all. Now you're preparing for the next day. And I know that you're working on brackets. You're working on different things. You've got player of the game uh, shouts going out. You got all kinds of stuff. And there's people up till, you know, one in the morning doing that and getting up bright and early. So it's not just me. I mean, I'm just the one that comes as complaining. Everybody else worked just as hard as I did. Everybody behind the scenes, you know, at idosports.com for that week going crazy. We got a little bit of a breather. You know, districts aren't quite as crazy, but then we got the boys state tournament coming up in a week. And so, you know, we're going to be right back at it again. So we just, you know, got to take a deep breath and go for it, but it was fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. You're you're our you're our union rep, Wayne. That's what you are. <laughs> Is that what I am? <laughs> as long as I'm not like Jimmy Hoffa, because I don't want to I want to be found next week. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I wanted to check in and see how, how you were feeling about uh I mean that 5A girls state championship game. I think that's where we've got to start the conversation because it was an it was an all Boise affair, like a true city of Boise affair. It was the Brave, it was the Timberline Wolves. Uh, let's let's backtrack quickly to the semifinals because Boise, you know, was going up against the top seed Lake City, and I think a lot of people coming in thought, yeah, Lake City, they're they're the best team. They should move on, and and Boise really took it to them and won by double digits. Yeah, fifty-two to thirty-eight, as I recall. Yeah, they just took it to them. You're right. Boise played well. Boise played well the whole tournament, and uh, and then when they got together with Timberline, you know, you, you got the two best defensive teams in the state, both right around 33 points a game is that's all they're giving up. And so, you know, if you go back to the district game that ended up winning to overtime, 44-36, after regulation, it was 36-36, Boise and Timberline. Well, lo and behold, the championship game ended up 36-35. So, you, I mean, it's almost like deja vu. Those two teams did not give an inch. They were fighting. They're going after each other. Two great defensive teams. So, I mean, whatever offense that was seen in that game, it was definitely earned on both sides. So it's a wild game. It was a good one. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a back and forth affair in the fourth quarter. It seemed like the two sides were kind of trading leads. Ashley Banks scored on that putback down low that put Boise in front 33, 31. And then they hit a couple free throws. And that's where I thought, okay, Boise hit a couple free throws. They're finally up two scores. 
It was 35-31, and I thought there's not much time left. You know, there's about a minute and change, and, you know, good effort by Timberline, but it looks like Boise, just like a districts, is going to make enough plays down the stretch. And then things got bonkers, Wayne. <laughs> yeah, they they went crazy. You know, Sophia Glasky came up there, and to her credit, I mean, she was the MVP of the tournament for me, and uh, she came up, she knocked down two free throws. The thing with it is Boise did not have a timeout left. They were all on a timeout, so they couldn't call a timeout with just under 20 seconds to play. So after she made those free throws, they had to bring it inbounds. And, of course, they faced that full-court press. Uh, a lot of people have told me they thought that maybe Ellen Nelson was fouled on that play, where basically she was knocked right into the Timberline bench, but there was no whistle, so you got to play through it. Laura McCall picked up the ball, took it, and shot it. I mean, she it was like almost like she didn't even think about it, and that's what good athletes do. They don't think, they react. And she shot that ball, nothing but net, three-pointer, all of a sudden – just like that, they had a 36-35 lead with 4.2 seconds to go, and it was ostensibly over because Boise had to bring the ball in all the way to, down the court. They got it into Ashley Banks, who turned, had nobody to throw it to, and ended up throwing to a Timberline player at the buzzer. So, yeah, it was a crazy game. Whether it was a foul or not, I mean, I know that Ellen Nelson went flying into the Timberline bench. If you look at it time and time again, I think if I was a ref, I would have called a foul. A lot of people told me they thought so too. But you know what? Uh, kudos to Kim Bridges uh, over at Boise. She has said nothing. She's been nothing but gracious. It was a tough game. Uh, Timberline, a great team, both teams. I think, you know, I think Timberline was a, that much better than Boise. I really do. I think the right team won as far as who had the most talent up and down the roster. All right. I have no dog in that fight. So don't get on my case. I just think that they had, you know, Sophia Glancy had more talent surrounding her than Ashley Banks did down low. Not to say, I mean, but both teams are just loaded with talent. And, hey, Boise's young. They got Avery Howell coming back. I mean, they've got a lot of people coming back that are just young kids. So they should be good next year if they can find a 6'5 player. <laughs> You're right. That, that's that's the big caveat there for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Timberline erased a four-point deficit with, you know, 20 seconds to play. You mentioned it. This, the steal by Lauren McCall and then the step back three, it kind of reminded me of, and maybe you'll remember this, Wayne, in the 90s uh, when Reggie Miller was playing for the Indiana Pacers and they made that big comeback against the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. He made a play like that where he stole the inbounds pass and dribbled out to the three-point line and, and made the, essentially the game-winning three. That's kind of what it reminded me of. Yeah, and that's what makes basketball exciting. I mean, nobody expected that. It was just like a, a, a week ago when they had the district championship, Avery Howell made that steal off of Glancy. Uh, they were down by three. She took it in. Glancy followed. She made the and one and it tied up at 36 all. They went into overtime. Nobody expected, you know, Avery Howell to go for the steal. They thought she was, they were going to just get the inbounds pass, foul, send him to the free throw line and try to win it that way. Yeah, McCall, I didn't expect her to pull up and take a three, a step back three right at that time. She did. It went in. They won. So it's exciting. It's exciting. It's a gutsy play because you you could dribble in for the layup and tie it, or the three is a, a higher degree of difficulty potentially. But uh, yeah, it's stone cold shooter Lauren McCall. Well, again, I think McCall didn't really. I mean, she knew that there was little time left. I don't think she was looking at the clock. She was like, "I got the ball. I got to shoot it," you know. And that's the best way to do it because really, there's no pressure on you. You're just taking a shot now. You're not thinking. You're going for it. You're not. You know. You're not like at the free throw line with everybody quiet, and you got to make it to tie the game. It was just kind of like, hey, if I don't make this, nobody's going to be mad at me. If I make it, I'm a hero, and she was, or a heroine, and she was. 
Yeah, it was just a fun game. And like I said, I, I really thought Timberline's goose was cooked. I mean, because they were down four late and all the credit in the world. To Andy Jones, you know, he's, he's done this a time or two, Wayne. He's won, he's won uh, multiple state championships. But this is the first for Timberline since, I think, what, 2003, 2004, something like that. Yeah, so. 2003, I think it was. And you're right, you know. But uh, like I said, Timberline's been good all year long. Uh, they had uh, and a win after win after win. They had an 11-game win streak to start the year. Lost that game to Coeur d'Alene, who didn't make you know the tournament, uh, which you know bothers me because I think they should have been in there uh, over other teams that were you know basically right around 500. Bottom line is, then they went on another 11-0 run before they lost in the district championship game to Boise. They were a great team. They were a champion team, and they ended up winning the championship. And you know what? I tell you what. Boise Brave, what a great job they did. They hung right there with them all the way. So, Yeah. Good, it was a, oh, go ahead, Wayne. I said good game. Just a great game. Yeah, yeah. It was a great uh, championship win for Timberline. And you mentioned it, Wayne. We, we kind of knew coming in this year that the teams at the top of the SIC were really talented, but there was not that depth that we had seen in years past. And I, I think the most perfect way to illustrate that is four teams from the SIC made it. Two played for the championship. The other two went two and out, right? Rocky Mountain and Bora both went two and out and were done. Yeah, Rocky Mountain. I mean, they gave Lake City everything that Lake City could handle in the very first round, but they just didn't have enough, you know, to get her done. Uh, Lake City won, you know, won that game. But still, you're right. There was the haves, the have-nots, and there was a a, a line right there, like a Mason-Dixon line. Boom. You know, north against south, it was there. I really do think Bora had a chance to advance further, but uh, Thunder Ridge, which was a really good three seed, got upset by Rigby in the first round, and then so Bora had to play Thunder Ridge in, in the loser out game, and they only lost forty six to forty. I, I think right. if Bora played Rigby, I, I think they probably win that game, and they're playing for the consolation. But yeah, I mean, you know, Thunder Ridge had a gal named Aspen Caldwell who had uh, probably one of the most the greatest unseen games when they won the consolation championship Saturday morning at uh, Ridgeview. Uh, that was kind of an interesting game because Post Falls led that game by 11 at halftime, and she scored, and I, it's either 16 or 18. I, I didn't go back and check my notes, but Caldwell scored 16 points, let's just say, in the third period to erase the 11-point deficit all by herself. She ended up with 25 points on the game, but she had three at halftime, so she scored 23 in the second half, including those 16 in the third quarter, to wipe out that 11-point Post Falls lead at the halftime. So, what a game. I mean, I couldn't believe it. It was just unbelievable. She Aspen Caldwell was averaging 21 a game, and she almost did that in the third period. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. So the 5A competition was pretty good all the way around. The 4A bracket, you know, coming in, it, it, it was a tough road for the SIC teams because Bishop Kelly came in as the number eight seed because of the max prep rankings, and Middleton was only one spot better at number seven. And the you know people have been asking why did a district champion get the seven seed, and other teams that finish second in their conference get ranked higher. And to be honest, Wayne, it's because the rest of the conference didn't do their part. You know, outside of the top three, you know, Bishop Kelly, Middleton, and Columbia, yeah. the other five teams all ended up ranked in basically the bottom six or seven in terms of the entire state for 4A girls basketball. So the rest of the league being so non-competitive dragged down those two teams in terms of their max preps rankings. And once they were the seven and eight and they had to play Blackfoot and Burley right away, you knew it was going to be a tough road to hoe. Well, when I saw that Burley was uh, set up against Middleton in the very first round, I sat there and said, well, these ratings are ridiculous. I mean, you can't, these rankings 
I know where they came from. I don't agree with them. Uh, that's ridiculous. You got to do something about it. Now, I don't, Middleton, Middleton played Birdie in the championship game. I, you know, I say this, I think Birdie's still going to win it. But the bottom line is, if you're Middleton and you win the first day, you win you know, Friday, now you're in the championship game, you may just have that extra mojo that can take you past the Burley. But Burley with Amari Whiting and what they had there, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously the best team won. But it was criminal in my uh, estimation to have Burley and Middleton paired up in the first round. You had to have a better situation than that. Somehow we got to work that out. Well, if you look at uh, margin of victory, Middleton gave Burley its toughest challenge. You know, Burley only won yeah. that game by 11, 50 to 39. They beat Preston by 13, and then they just blew out Skyline in the championship by almost 15. So, yeah, and Skyline, one of those teams that just had the game of their life against Blackfoot. I mean, you know, that was a game I couldn't believe we did that game. And 50 to 48, I believe, was the final there. Well, I tell you what, if that's true. If I got that, I'm really impressed with myself because I'm trying to pick these things up out of my brain. And that's not a place anybody wants to go at this particular time. <laughs> right. right. So but Skyline, just a great, great game. Yes, that, that was such a, a fun game and the the upset of the tournament, uh, oh. the of, of all the tournaments, anything that went on at State. That was the biggest one for sure. So, yeah, Middleton, uh, after losing to Burley in the first round, defeated Sandpoint 50-45 to 45 to advance to the consolation final. And, you know, Bishop Kelly, kind of the same boat you know, playing Blackfoot right away. We knew that was going to be tough, but they, yep. they rebounded with a nice win over mountain home and their loser out game 53, 41. So then you have Middleton and BK meeting up in the consolation final Wayne. And this was one of the sneaky best games of the tournament. It went to double overtime and Middleton finally escaped 62 to 57. Yeah. It's one of those games you play elsewhere on a Saturday, you know, and people forget about it when they're thinking about all the championship games. It was like, me, I was over at 10 o'clock in the morning at Ridgeview doing games over there. And, uh, you know, Lake City uh, won their situation. And, and, of course, yeah. So Middleton and BK going to double overtime, not a shocker. I mean, it's the familiarity, you know, you're, you're not concerned about it. You're going to go out there, you're going to fight. And those two teams are just going to go after each other every time they play. And so, yeah, it's just sad that you had to see it and on a stage that wasn't as uh, – you know, spotlighted as it could have been. Yeah. And for Middleton and for Bishop Kelly, they're thinking, boy, if we never play Middleton again, <laughs> it won't be, it won't be soon enough. Good riddance. Middleton, of course, moving up to five a next year and Middleton defeated Bishop Kelly twice in the regular season, then in the district championship uh, it, by four. And then it's state in double overtime by five BK's yeah. thinking, boy, we're going to be glad when they're gone next year. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how Middleton can do on all levels, not 5A, football, basketball, boys, girls. It's going to be interesting to see what they can do and how they can hassle up there because, again, we've seen it in the 5A. I think they're going to do okay with the lower halves. You know, we've talked about the halves and halves nots. We had a little bit of that in football too. Not as much as basketball this year, but a little bit. And so it'll be interesting to see what they do. It's going to be a tough hoe for, uh, for Middleton all the way across the board. But, hey, if anybody's up to the challenge – They've got some good kids out there. They got good athletes. They got good coaches. They can make it happen. Yep, for sure. All right, let's switch the conversation over to boys basketball. Then district tournament action heating up. Wayne, you you were at Meridian High School for a doubleheader last night for districts. And again, uh, for those that are watching the video version of this on the IdahoSports.com uh, Facebook page or YouTube channel, we we got we got put in YouTube jail. Wayne, we're trying to figure that out. They we got a notice that said 
some of our content had been flagged and they shut us down. So we're trying to we're trying to sort that out with YouTube right now. So right now, uh, video only on the IdahoSports.com Facebook page. Uh, so we're in YouTube jail, I guess. Wow. How do yeah. you get YouTube jail? What do you do? Yeah, yeah. You, you you file a dispute or whatever, and I don't know. We'll see what they say. But Wow, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, last night, too bad, because YouTube missed a good one, because I'm telling you right now, we had that gym at Murdy was jam-packed. I mean, you had uh, four schools there, and you had more enthusiasm. It was with – it. High school basketball, I just love it, you know. Uh, like I said in a tweet today, like John John Travolta said, you know, to Olivia Newton-John, you know, it's electric, you know, it's just unbelievable what, you know, what's going on. It was fantastic. And, of course, Eagle Beat Mountain View in the first game of the night, 47-36, followed by Owyhee and Middleton, or Meridian, 57-54. to The first time that Owyhee played Meridian, they beat him 60-28, to Brandon. And that was over at Owyhee. It didn't happen last night. And Meridian had a chance at the at the buzzer to hit a three to tie it up. Jack Payne left for a while. He had 17 points. Liam Campbell had 13. Jackson Rasmus is just a freshman, had 10. But boy, I tell you what, a why he looking pretty good as uh, they improved the 20 and three on the year. Yeah, so let's let's pull up these brackets. So for those of you that are watching the video version of this podcast on the IdahoSports.com Facebook page. Uh, we're going to, sh- I'm going to share my screen and you can see the bracket. If you're listening audio only at idahosports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, just follow along. You can still get all of the district brackets on the homepage at our website, idahosports.com. But here is that, that five, a bracket. And we were talking about the two, the two semifinals last night, Wayne Eagle over mountain view 47, 36, and then why getting past Meridian, 57 54 what what changed for meridian what what was the biggest change that you saw because you know you it was a team that you'd been kind of down on they had a lot of players in and out of the lineup um what have they done now to get to this point where they they almost knocked off uh one of the consensus favorites in this tournament you know like we said we've said all along they're the defending 5a champs so they got a lot of pride they got jeff saner as head coach jeff saner a great coach no question about it and they just try to find you know, their chemistry that they could, they kept mixing players around, trying to do everything. People forget they lost eight players from a year ago, including Brody Roberry, who was the player of the year in the state of Idaho. And so they really lost a lot. So they had to come back, even as defending state champs, and figure out how to put all the pieces of the puzzle back together. Jeff's done a good job. I don't know why they – I tell you what, last night's game was less of a surprise to me that they played that well than – it was a surprise that they lost 60 to 28. I did not see that coming. I did not expect that. But here's the thing. Why he's just one of those teams that if they get going on all four cylinders, well, let's make him a six cylinder, an eight cylinder vehicle. Okay. Forget four cylinders. They get going on all cylinders. They're unstoppable. They really got it going and they're so young. It's scary. Jack Payne's the only senior. Yeah. It's uh, and now we've got the district championship. Uh, that will be the 25th, which is Friday night yep. at Meridian again. Number one, Eagle. Number two, Hawaii. Uh, the first time these teams played, Wayne, it was all the way back in December. You were there. How many overtimes? Four. Yeah, four of them. December 21st, uh, you know, it was a jam-packed gym. It was the 21st. I think nobody had anything to do. I think everybody had their Christmas shopping done. And so they were just out there watching the game. Four overtimes. And that was the only time they played this year. And believe me, I think uh, Owyhee wants this game 
more than Eagle does. I think Eagle's kind of going, oh, okay. We could go without the whole year. We meet you in state, but I don't know that we want to meet you in district. But it's going to be fun. Eagle plays as a team. Last night, they were led by Donovan Jones, who only had 11 points. I say only 11. But you say, how can your leading scorer score 11 and you win? Because they had seven other players score. I had eight players score. I've been saying all year, Eagles a team, team. They Everybody gets involved. So they had eight players in the scorebook last night led by Donovan Jones. So that's what Eagles all about. And they're going to be tough. It's going to be on a neutral court at Meridian, but I think it's going to be a jam-packed gymnasium again. A lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and both of these teams, Wayne, are locked into um... – spots in the state right and now I'm, I'm pulling up on the screen the max preps rankings yeah. it, it only factors what you did in the regular season what happens at districts doesn't matter so Hawaii is pretty much locked into that number two seed right lake city's playing for their district championship against lewiston if they for some reason didn't make it to state then Hawaii could jump up to number one but more than likely Hawaii is going to be the two but look at eagle all the way down at five behind Coeur d'Alene and Madison. It just doesn't compute with me personally. But No, they're 20 and three. And uh, Cody Pickett's got them playing real well. And like I say, there's no outstanding person on this one. No, no one player that you can point to and say, wow, that is the player of the year in the state of Idaho. But they've got a lot of players. And just having that team attitude like that, they are a team to tussle with. I, I'm surprised that they're all the way down to number five like that at 20 and three. And Meridian right now is number eight. You know, if they're able to make it to state, they're going to be a low seed. And I, that would be a very dangerous first round opponent, I think, for the number one or number two seed, possibly. But well, I agree. I mean, you asked me before what the difference is. You know what? It's just tweaking with the puzzle. I mean, for instance, at the beginning of the year, Zeke Martinez didn't start. Now he is. He's just a freshman. You know him from football fame when he took over for his brother Malachi, quarterback. Now he's starting for the Meridian Warriors, uh, you know, on the basketball team as well as a freshman. He's getting better and better. Uh, Meridian, their biggest problem is if they shoot well, they're going to be with any, play with anybody. If they have an off-shooting night, they can get beat. I mean, I, I know that sounds like that's the same for every team, but Meridian's one of those where they got just enough talent where if they shoot well – they can be dangerous, but if they don't shoot well, you're probably going to have a good chance of beating them. Yep, for sure. So let's look at the rest of this bracket because there's also some very intriguing games on the consolation side. Uh, on Saturday night, you had a couple of loser out games. Centennial, which came in as the four seed, they lost to Mountain View in the opening round. They really got dominated by Mountain View 64 31 that kind of opened my eyes a little bit so but they kept their season alive they beat Skyview 78 43 Timberline defeated Rocky Mountain 36 41 so now you've got a pair of well not loser out but consolation bracket games uh tomorrow night Wednesday night at Timberline High School you will have a three versus a four Meridian against Centennial and then you will have a six against a five Timberline against Mountain View and the two winners of those games, Wayne, will also advance to state along with Eagle and Hawaii, who have already clinched bids. Uh, let's let's start with that Meridian Centennial game. This is going to be an interesting one, a three versus a four, because Centennial lost in the opening round. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you what, <clears throat> you know, I want to, I want to, I was just kind of looking at some of my notes here because I wanted to address what you said about this being kind of a crazy year. You know, so Mountain View beat Centennial, as you said, 63 to 31 in the district. Okay. 
Did you realize that five days earlier in the regular season, Centennial beat Mountain View 66 to 38? Yes, that's why I was like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. So it's a complete reversal right there. So, I mean, I I can't figure it out. I don't know. I mean, in my book, uh, I think Meridian's going to be Centennial. First of all, Meridian's got the luxury of having the game on their home court. I think that'll help a little bit. Uh, and then you got Timberline against Mountain View. I don't know how that one's going. I talked to John Nettleton last night before the game, and I asked him, I said, guys, you, you've been up and down, up and down. What's the deal? He goes, well, sometimes we just haven't had players here. He said, but the honest, the truth of the matter is there was a stretch during the middle of the season where we just didn't play well together as a team. Last night they played well together as a team. They didn't win it, but they played well together as a team. So, you know, I think if they do that, I think they'll beat Timberline. I do. Yeah, these teams met once in the regular season, Meridian and Centennial, and Centennial won that game 60 to 46. But that was back on January 28th, which is like a lifetime ago, this yeah. Warriors team. But Centennial did have the season edge. And then at the bottom, you know, now you've got Timberline and Mountain View, and the Mavericks have a great chance to, to advance to state despite coming in as the five seed at districts. Yeah, I mean, they're they're going after they, they they played well last night. They've got some good players. They've got uh, Nate Ajuku, who really does a good job. He's a big kid, gets up there, rebounds well. Uh, Baylor Perrin as uh, their point guard. He does a great job. Uh, Mountain View, I like Mountain View. And, again, John Nelton, a good coach, and he gets it done. He knows how to kind of prepare the team for the game. Uh, Timberline, up and down again. So, honestly, these four teams kind of are epitomizes what we're talking about. One week they win big, next week they lose big. And so I have no idea. This is basically a crapshoot. Yeah, I agree. Now, Mountain View did win their lone regular season matchup with Timberline 57 to 41. That came back on February 5th. Mm -hmm. So we'll see if history repeats itself there. But again, the winners of those two loser out games tomorrow, not or those two consolation games tomorrow night advance to state. And then the two losers of that game will meet up right here in game 15 at Meridian High School. That will be on Thursday night. So the right. losers got to turn around the very next night and try to win. And if whoever wins this game advances to a state play-in game against the second-place team from up north, that will probably be either Lewiston or Coeur d'Alene. So. Yeah, the road gets awfully long if you don't win on Wednesday yes. night. Yep, for sure. So there's a lot of exciting action going on in the 5A SIC. But let's also look at the 4A SIC bracket, Wayne. They had their opening round on Saturday night, and the story of the night was Caldwell, the sixth yeah. seed, going to third seeded Nampa and winning 58 to 42. This is an awesome story for a Cougars team that kind of struggled in the regular season, but now here they are in the district semis, now going to play Bishop Kelly tonight, Tuesday night. Yeah, Caldwell against number two, Bishop Kelly, BK 17 and five. Now the game's going to be played at BK. So yes. that doesn't bode well for Caldwell. I mean, these aren't all the most of the district ones are on a kind of a neutral court, unless you're like Meridian last night and got lucky to play on your home court because you're hosting the districts. But the bottom line is this is at BK. So I, I don't see BK not winning that game tonight. Not only that, they've got an incentive because the other game tonight is number four Valley View against number one Middleton at Middleton. Middleton's 20 and one. Their only loss of the year was to Eagle. I did that game. And that game was close right down to the end. So, I mean, Middleton could have won that game as well. But I think both Middleton and BK want to meet for a district title. And so they're going to have incentive 
uh, knowing that each other are playing tonight. Yeah, so that will be uh, Middleton against Valley View, the four seed in one semifinal, Bishop Kelly against Caldwell in the other semifinal. N- none of the first-round games were particularly close. Middleton beat Emmett, 55-39. Valley View by 20 over Ridgeview, 53-33. Bishop Kelly dominated Columbia, 63-23. And then Caldwell with the upset over Nampa. So you've got a couple of loser-out games tonight as well. Number eight, Emmett. Number five, Ridgeview. Number seven, Columbia. And number three, Nampa Wayne. I think we we think or like Bishop Kelly and Middleton to get the two spots to state by appearing in the district championship. The third place team will get to challenge and go to a state play-in game against the second place team from the East. Who is that third team? Do you do you have an idea of who that might be? No, I, I really don't. I mean, you know, we talk <laughs> about Napa, a little bit of a surprise with them. We talk about Valley View right there. Uh, I think it's got to be one of those two teams. I really do. But who knows? You know, Napa, number three seed, uh, they got to start living up to that seeding. I mean, people think they're good, and they've done enough in the season to earn that number three seed. Now they've got to kind of back it up. And so we'll see what they can do tonight. They're hosting, uh, you know, Columbia, and uh, we'll see what happens. So I think it's you're talking Napa or Valley View will be the other one. But bottom line is it's going to be Napa, uh, not Napa, but Middleton and BK. It's good. That's, they're, they're the showcase right now. For sure. And again, look at these max preps rankings and how messed up they are. Middleton with one loss is the fifth team in the max preps rankings. Their only loss is to Eagle, who's yeah. one of the top teams in 5A. I yeah, mean, 5A team. Yeah. yeah. The eye test tells you that Middleton is better than five, but the computers, again, because the bottom of the league, unfortunately, you know, the Caldwells, the Emmets, the Columbias, they drag the rest of the league down to the point where Bishop Kelly is seventh. So again, if BK gets to state, you know, they're probably going to be locked into that seven seed, maybe the six, but either way, it's again, it's a tough road to hoe. I mean, when you look at that, it's almost, it's like, are you kidding me? Really? Five and seven, Middleton and Bishop Kelly, both teams really good. I mean, nothing against the Hillcrest and Pocatellos. I've done a Pocatello game this year. It looked awfully good. I mean, I did a Pocatello Lake City. They lost to Lake City. So, I mean, that's a 5A versus 4A again. But, boy, I tell you what, Pocatello held its own for a while in that game. So, I don't know. I haven't seen Sentry, and I haven't seen Hillcrest play, so I don't know how good they are. But I still think Middleton is basically, uh, I don't know how nicely to say it, but uh, uh, I can't. I, I don't know. It's garbage, Wayne. It's garbage. Yeah, it's not good. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, guess, again. I guess on a podcast you can say they're getting screwed, can't you? Yes, Definitely. Okay. That's what I was thinking. I didn't know if I should say it or not. Now, on a positive note, Middleton, although they're fifth, they'll they'll move up to third, possibly just just by virtue of Pocatello, Century, and Preston, two, four, and six. They they all play in the same district, and only one of those teams gets to go. So That's realistically, true. Middleton's going to be the three seeded state. But either way, still a slap in the face. Yeah, see, and, and that's another thing I don't understand. By the same token, you know, when you've got good teams that are ranked that high and only one's going to go, I mean, I got to go, wait a minute. Maybe we got to revamp this thing, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, like the NCA says you got to win six games to get into a bowl game. I mean, and that to me is like the bare minimum that you should. <laughs> you should be a whole lot more than that. Uh, I, I really think you need to be above 500 to be – you know, at state, no matter who you upset and whatnot, a few things like that. But I don't know. The rankings drive me crazy. I hate to see two really good teams meet in the first round. I mean, it's like eating dessert before you eat the steak. 
Yeah, I agree. So anyways, that's uh, where we're at as we get into boys district basketball uh, next week. We will have, well, we got a couple of specials coming up, Wayne uh, Wednesday night. We're going to do uh, a live state wrestling tournament preview. I'm going to be joined by Brian Zollinger who uh, lives over in East Idaho, but is a dedicated uh, champion of the sport of wrestling in the state of Idaho. And we're going to take questions live uh, like we did, just like we did for girls basketball, but it's going to be yeah. a state wrestling breakdown. It's going to be a lot of fun. That is going to be Wednesday night, seven to seven 30. We'll see seven to question marks until we're done taking questions from the fans, I guess. So, so mark your calendars for that. And then next week, Wayne, we'll take a break from from this edition of the podcast and do another big boys basketball state tournament preview, just like we did with the girls. So, yeah, that's going to be on Tuesday night. Is that set yet? Is this breaking news? I think so. I think we're probably going to try and do it Tuesday night again, just like we did for the girls. So look at that breaking news right here. You're the first to know, Wayne. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, I'm on a need to know basis. And usually I don't need to. Nobody tells me anything. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, wrestling real quick. We'll dive into it more on our on our wrestling preview. But uh, obviously, Cuna and Meridian both have great chances for individual and team titles in the five A's and Caldwell and Columbia and especially Nampa, I think, really all have good chances to, to have a lot of success in state wrestling as well. Yeah, um, I agree. And of course, Rocky Mountain, I think, on the girls' side has some really impressive female wrestlers, as does Caldwell. And so, speaking of that, isn't this the first ever state for the girls? Yes, the, the first officially sanctioned. What they did in the past is held an unofficial state tournament where it was open. Anybody could come and just sign up, and then they built the brackets from there. But they had to actually qualify this year, and so that's going to be a lot of fun. So, Well, you know, it, that's how it starts, Brandon. I mean, think about girls' basketball way back when – it was only boys basketball. They didn't have girls basketball. And I remember in TV, we used to get a lot of pressure to cover girls basketball because, you know, when it first started, the final score might be 14 to 10, something like that. And so we're like, you know, ah, we can't cover that. That's embarrassing, you know. And I mean, how much we've grown. We had to grow with it. We had to accept the fact that they were there. And now, of course, you look at the women's game and they're great athletes. I mean, some of these women's team at the college level can beat other college basketball, men's college basketball teams. So it's come a long way. And so now getting sanctioned is going to take it to the next level. More girls are going to want to get into the sport of wrestling. They'll get better. They'll get better coaching. They'll get everything. So it's exciting. It's an exciting time for girls wrestling in the state of Idaho. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So we'll have plenty to talk about here as we are in the busy time of the year. That is for sure. So Wayne, broadcast schedule. What are you going to be doing for districts for Idaho well, sports? I just, well, basically one more game for the districts. Uh, Friday night we got Eagle against Hawaii. I say just one more game, but that's like the Super Bowl of five A over here. It's going to be fun. Everybody's been waiting ever since it was a four overtime game back on December twenty first, and uh, you know. Uh, Uh, Jack Payne fouled out of that game in the fourth quarter, so he didn't play the four overtimes at all. And so I know he's going to try to make make amends for that and get back in there. But Eagle and Hawaii, Friday night, tip off at 7, and Clay Hatfield will join me. So if you have an opportunity, it's audio only. But you know what? Uh, Give a listen. Uh, It's exciting. We have a lot of fun on the broadcast and and, uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So. All right, Wayne, we'll rest up and uh, enjoy the game Friday night, and then we'll see you back here for our boys' basketball preview special again next week. Sounds good. Now that I know about it, I'll show up. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. All right, well, thanks for everybody for tuning in to the uh, SIC PrepCast. 
For Wayne DeZubak, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.